Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Today I would like to talk about parenting again to all the fathers and also to the mothers as well. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. These scriptures gave us four principles of parenting. And we already talked about two of them in the last sermon. God start the word, you, fathers. In fact, God sees the value of both the mom and the dad. But there are both biblical or spiritual reason and also cultural reason in the time of Paul. Why God inspired Paul to say fathers, not mothers. And I would like to explain to you from the spiritual reason. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 5, You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. From this scripture and from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, we can see clearly that number one, God expects fathers to be his representative, to be the head of the household. And whatever the fathers are doing will impact not only himself, but will impact the children and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That's why it's so important as fathers to understand that we dictate the future of our family. As a Christian father myself, I was born again in 1980. I was a devout Buddhist man, but I turned my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after I accepted Jesus Christ, I studied the Bible and find out that as the head of the household, as the father, it's so important for me to really know the Lord and to grow up spiritually, to lead my house so that the blessings will go into the thousand generations. And I make a commitment to the Father in heaven that I want to be a godly father. If I mess up, it will not only impact me, but it will impact my children, and then their children, and their grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. So, we need to understand that the devil will do everything to get rid of the fathers in the house. Because if he can destroy the fathers, then not only impact that generation, but the third and fourth generation will be impacted negatively. Fathers, if you feel that you want to give up and walk away from your home, you have to think twice or three times or four times. Don't do that. Because if you give up, your children will suffer. Your grandchildren will suffer. We need to make a decision to be a godly father, to lead our children to the way of God. 
and the devil would do every way to split the family, to make single moms everywhere, and the father walk out to another family, and then all the kids suffer. We need to make sure that we gonna be godly fathers for our children and for our grandchildren and great grandchildren. Every father, you are a representative head of the house. Your children will know God the Father through you. They don't see God, but they see you. So how you behave in the house will impact how they know God and how they will follow God in the future, because you are His representative in the house. That's the first reason why Paul said, "Fathers, take care of your kids." And encourage them. The second reason in that generation, in the time of Paul, culturally, at that time in the Roman Empire, the father has all the right to say yes and no to the children. For example, if a brand new baby came out, the person will bring the baby to the father. The father can put the thumb up or the thumb down. And if the father want a boy, and the baby is a girl. If the father put the thumb down, the baby will be left outside to die on the street, because in that generation, they don't treat women very well. They give all the authority to the men in the house. That's why God need to deal with men first in the household. God need to say, fathers, men, wake up and do the right thing, because you hold the authority in your house. Amen. So, fathers, you are representative, and whatever you do today will impact your children and your grandchildren and great grandchildren in the future. I believe that you all love your children and love your grandchildren. So, make the right choice every single day. Amen. Last time we learned about how to raise our kids. I just review a little bit. The first one we talked about was to encourage our children. Not to provoke our children to anger. How do we provoke our children to anger? We learned from last time that if we practice favorites, we are partial. We love one kid more than another kids. For example, Jacob loved Joseph more than the other kids, and that caused a lot of problem in that house. Joseph was sold as a slave because Jacob played favorite to his kids. But we should encourage our kids by blessing them. You remember the battle between Esau and Jacob to get the blessing from their father, because they know that if the father lay hand on them and bless them, they get the blessing. So fathers, watch your mouth and don't say something negative toward your kids, but bless them. Speak positive. Speak the word of faith. Lay hand on your kids and bless them. And they will be encouraged to see that you love them, you spend time with them, and help them to be a man or a woman of God. So the first one, encourage your children. The second one, nurture your children. Ephesians six four say, bring them up. The word bring them up in the Greek language means nourishes, train your children to be a godly person. Today we're going to talk about two more things in this scripture. Let's look at Ephesians six verse four one more time. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction 
of the Lord. Number three, not only to encourage our children, not only to nurture and train our children in a godly way, but number three, we need to discipline our children. We need to correct and rebuke our children when they do wrong. Let me read from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scorches every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. The Bible says that God disciplines us. I got disciplined by God so many times in my life. When I was a young believer, I made so many wrong things. I rebelled against God. God just spanked me and I repented. Somebody asked me, why are you right now this kind of person? And I said that because I got spanked by God, I went through a lot of hardships when I was a young believer. And I repented and really changed me to become more mature because God loved me so much. God spanked me because he loved me. He wants me to grow up. He doesn't want me to do wrong things all the time. So he's allowed me to go through hardships and I can repent and become a godly person. Spanking or disciplining is a sign of love. We don't discipline our neighbor's kids because they don't belong to us. We discipline our own kids. Don't wait for the government to help them. Don't wait for the church to train your kids. It's your own responsibility to raise your own kids and to discipline your kids. And the sooner you do it, the better. You do it since they were born, since they were still baby. Do it then where they are toddler. Don't wait until they are very big, bigger than the mom. It's going to be difficult. That's why we need elders in the church. If you are single mom and your kids are bigger now because they are teenagers, you can call the elders of the church like Pastor Caesar. He's a big guy. So he can look in the eyes of your teenager boy and say, Stop doing that. Discipline and correction. Amen. Thank God for the big guys in the church. Don't call me, I'm small. I'm smaller than many teenagers in this room. <laughs> but we need to really correct our children. And the way we do it, number one, verbally. You need to tell them what is right, what is wrong. And number two, if they don't listen to your verbal correction, then you give them a time out. Maybe put them in a corner. And don't let them do anything. Put them in a corner for a while. And if they don't listen again, definitely we need to come to the time of spanking. And we're going to learn that later on in the scripture. Many of us think that our little babies are angels. When the little baby come out, oh, they are angels. But wait for a while until the wings start to be shortened and the legs start to get longer. You will find out that they are not angels anymore because they were born with sin. You never see any books in the bookstore called, for example, how to train your children how to be temper tantrum. How to train your children to be selfish and to fight one another. You've never seen that kind of book. Because all this sinful nature 
have been in them since they were born. You don't need to train your children how to sin against God and against one another. In fact, this morning I was seeing my two grandchildren fighting with one another. So I have to stop them. They try to put one another the, the toys in the house and bite each other and hit each other. Wow! I saw with my own eyes the preaching I'm gonna do today. That I don't need to teach my grandchildren how to fight and how to be selfish, to have an attitude. So we need to really kick the sin out of them by correcting them, disciplining them, and kick hell out of them as soon as we can. Do it since they are very young. But be careful when we do discipline to our kids. We need to do it out of love. We must do it out of love. If we do it out of anger, out of wanting to show that I have authority in this house, I can tell you what to do. You must listen to me with this kind of attitude. You're gonna end up doing we call physical and emotional abuse. You may physically abuse them to the point that they get hurt physically or emotionally. Every time before you correct your children. Or spank your children. You need to check your heart first. Do I do this to restore them and to get them to become more like Christ, or I do this out of hatred and anger and with a bad attitude? The only way to do this is to do out of love. And the reality is, we don't have enough love to give to people. That's why dads. You need to have relationship with Christ. You need to draw the agape love of God into your heart, and that agape love will flow into you, so that you can love your children unconditionally, and you can let that love flow out of you when you discipline them and you correct them. It's so important that in this room that you must have a good relationship with God. And you abide in Him, and His Word abide in you. You need to make a decision that I'm going to be a godly man. I'm going to be a man after God's own heart. I will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will pour out His love upon me, so that I can love my wife and I can love my children. And then you can correct them out of the agape, unfailing love of God that flow out of you to discipline them. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24, "He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly." I mentioned already that we don't start with spanking right away; we start with verbal correction. Definitely, if you deal with one-year-old kids, they may not understand what you're talking about right away. You may need to use the spanking. To stop them, and we are not disciplining them because we want them to do our way, but we are disciplining them to train their heart. When I say train their heart, what does it mean? God wants us to fear Him. God doesn't want us to sin against Him. So He wants us to have two things in our heart here: the love for Him and the fear of Him. So we train our children to do the same thing: to love us and to fear us. Because when they grow up to be adult, they will love God. And they will fear God. The purpose of the discipline is to train the heart of the children, not just to change the action. Because you can change the action if their heart is wrong, they will grow up and continue in sin. So you train them to love you, 
That's why you need to love them, and you also train them to fear you. That whatever that you command, they need to have the fear of God on the inside of them. The word "rod" in the Bible doesn't mean a club or a baseball bat, but it means a flexible utensil that it will hurt and stink, but not causing the physical damage. We don't pull a big club and hit the kids and break their skull and cause bleeding in the brain. That is not discipline. That is we call physical abuse. But we have a little stick that just stink on that skin and ask them to stop being rebellious. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 18: Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. We need to discipline our children as soon as possible when they are young. Amen. Don't let your children become the boss in the house. Now, in this generation, I have seen so many children that control their mom and dad, and the mom and dad just standing there shaking when the son yell at the mom and dad. Okay, okay. No, you are the boss. You are the head of the household. You need to discipline them. And why there is hope, which means when they are young enough to listen to you, do it. Don't wait until they grow up to become a young man. Do it as soon as possible to train them how to obey the Lord. Amen. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15: Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. Without discipline, without correction, without spanking, the foolishness will be in the heart of children. We need to discipline them, and the more we do that. The more foolishness will go away. No one gonna die because of discipline. Amen. Pastor Da and I, we especially Pastor Da more than me because I went out to work during the day. She disciplined her children a lot. Sometimes they run all over the place. When Pastor Da go into the shoes cabinet, pull out the stick, I can see my children run all over the place. They know that it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> She will come with the stick, and they all need to obey and listen to the mom and dad. And now they still grow up, and they're obedient. They listen to us. All of our children are very obedient and very submissive because we train them since they were young babies and young children. Amen. So the the foolishness will be chased away from their life. It's good to do that to correct them since they are young. Proverbs chapter twenty three, thirteen and fourteen. You can see that God talk about this a lot in the Bible. Do not withhold correction from a child, for if you beat him with a rod, don't misunderstand. Doesn't mean using a, a club, but a flexible utensil. He will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Again, children don't know God yet. They only know you. But the way they're going to see God is by how they relate to you. You represent the Father from heaven. And the way you treat them will really dictate how they relate to God when they grow up. If they see that you love them, and you, they see that when they do wrong, you correct them. When they don't grow up and leave your house, they will relate to God and know that God loves them. And they know that if they do wrong, God gonna spank them. So they will live in the fear of God, and they will not go to hell. They will go to heaven. And the kids will not die because of your discipline. So you need to train them as soon as possible. Proverbs chapter twenty 
9 verse 15 the rod and rebuke give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother this is the truth if you don't discipline your children they're going to go wild and eventually they will bring shame to your family to your name to the family name because they're going to go out do a lot of wrong things if they don't listen to you now one day they will not listen to the police out there they will not obey the governmental law they will not listen to the rule of the office they will rebel against their boss they will rebel against god because they are not trained to be submissive to authority so they're going to bring a lot of shame to your family so you need to train them how to be submissive to authority as soon as possible verse 17 say proverbs 29 17 correct your son and he will give you rest yes he will give delight to your soul the blessing of correcting your children number one chase away the foolishness two they will not go to hell they will know god three they will not bring shame to you and four they will bring rest to your soul when they grow up and you grow older you look at your children they're doing well they go to church they love god they serve god they have good families they are blessed they will do the same thing to their children your grandchildren and great-grandchildren you can reap the blessing of seeing godliness in your family to the thousand generation we can see bad example in the bible that we should not follow one bad example is eli eli was a priest in that generation at that time the light in the house grew dim and eli has two sons who did corruption in the house of god not only that these two guys slept with women in the house of god as well they committed sexual immorality the bible says in first samuel chapter 2 verse 22 now eli was very old he heard everything his sons did to all israel and how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting so eli heard about the corruption of his two sons first samuel chapter 3 verse 13 for i have told him that i would judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them this is the word of prophecy that came to eli god told eli you know i'm gonna have to discipline you i'm gonna have to punish your family because you as a father knew that your children commit sexual immorality and corruption in the house of god you knew it but you did not restrain them you did not correct them you did not discipline them so i have to do something to show to the next generation like us in the church today that this is not good that if fathers ignore the sin of their children and never correct them it's going to be a big trouble later on in first samuel chapter 2 verse 24 this is what eli said to his sons no my sons for it is not a good report that i hear you make the lord's people transgress eli did not correct his son this sentence is just to inform that i know it's different between correction and telling you that i know about it correction means you tell them that it's wrong and you follow through 
which means that if you don't repent, you tell them, okay, you don't do this, and if they stop, then you forgive and move on and forget about it. But if they continue to do it, you have to follow through, which means next step, some discipline, time out, or spank, or do something to say stop. If you don't stop, you're in trouble. That is a real discipline. Stop the bad behavior so that they will not sin against God. That is the real discipline. Don't just inform your kids what's wrong. What happened? Eli did not totally discipline his children. Look at the outcome in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 17 on. So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. Now his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child, due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, for her labor pain came upon her. What happened is that, all of them died. In fact, this lady died too. And she gave the name of the son Ichabod. Ichabod means the glory of the Lord has left Israel. Fathers in this room, this story tells us that if you don't discipline your children, it's a serious issue in the eyes of God. The glory of the Lord leaves your house. No blessings. You are sending your kids to hell. You are destroying your own kids by fearing them more than God. Don't live in the fear of man. Don't fear your kids more than God. You need to fear God more than man. Amen? You need to discipline them if they do wrong, because otherwise they're going to bring shame to your life, like what happened to Eli. How many dads say, from now on I'm going to discipline my kids? Raise your hand up. You're going to correct your kids. Amen. The last one, not only to encourage your kids, not only to nurture your kids, and also discipline your kids. Look at verse 4 one more time. And the instruction of the Lord. It's our responsibility, fathers, to give biblical instruction to our children. Everyone say, biblical education. We are the ones who need to teach our children the Bible. Amen? Don't depend on Sunday school. Don't depend on the government to teach you biblical knowledge. Don't depend on the church alone to teach you biblical knowledge. You must be the one who brings the word of God back to your home. That's why, Father is in this room, you need to take serious about the word of God. You need to know the word of God. And you need to teach your children the word of God. Look at what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 2 to 6. That you may fear the Lord your God. To keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. You and your sons. You notice that I command you, but don't stop at you. God wants the command to go down to your son and your grandson all the days of your life. Not only on Sunday, 
all the days of your life, you, your son and your grandson, need to know the law of the Lord, that your days may be prolonged. God promised that if we are the people of the Word of God, we practice the Word of God, we have faith in the Word of God, we meditate on the Word, we will go well, we will have a long life, we will not die young, and we will make our way prosper, and we will be successful. So every house should really welcome the Word of God. Verse 3, Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you. Everyone say well. How many people like the word well? How many people like the word bad? I don't like the word bad. I like well. How many people like the word your days may be prolonged? How many people want to live a long life? Okay. The principle is to know the word, teach the word, and practice the word. That you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers have promised you. A land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. In order to teach your children, the first thing is that the word of God must be in your heart. In other words, you need to be convinced that the word of God is the standard of your life. You need to welcome the word of God into your heart and you put it into practice yourself. If you don't take serious about the word of God, you cannot teach your children the word of God. You need to take serious about the word of God. Amen? This morning, I was driving to Evergreen Hospital to make round to see one post-op patient. And right away, when I got into the car, I turned on the CD about husband and wife relationship teaching about how I should be a better husband. Oh, so good. I was listening and repenting and listening and repenting. And wow, I can improve my life of being a good husband. All the way back and forth between the hospital and the house. And when I came home, I told her, Oh, the city is good. Wow, I repent and I need to be a better husband. I love the word of God. Even though I'm a preacher myself, but I need the Word of God myself too. I need to feed myself on the Word of God all the time. I need to grow and I need to take serious about the Word of God. So every time I get into my car, I never sit there and have a daydream. I always listen to the Word of God. I sit in my home in Pasadena, busy cooking. I will sit in front of my computer, turn on the Bible verses and study the Bible. So we need to really get the Word of God into our heart. The Word of God must be the center of our life. It's not just an extraordinary thing, but it's the daily things in our life. Amen? And the Bible says that there is only one God, and we must love God with all our heart. So we need to teach our children that there is only one God. Money is not God. The big house is not God. Only Jesus is our God. We worship only one God. That's why we take our children to church every Sunday. Because we want to let them know there is only one God in our life. And we must love God with all our heart. I and Pastor Da always show to our children that if we have to make choice between our own comfort, our own benefit, and God's benefit, 
We always choose God first, and our children, Paul, Joy, Tanida, all learn from us that Pastor Da and Pastor Lau choose God first all the time, even though we may have to lose something in our life. We teach them by our lifestyle, because the Word of God is in us, and we are walking Bible. We must be a living Bible on the inside here, that people will see us practicing the Word of God every single day. Amen. The Bible also say in verse seven, "You shall teach them diligently." Everyone said diligently. Wow, not sloppily, but diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by your way, and you lie down, and when you rise up. What does it mean? You teach them diligently, and you teach them conversationally. You talk about the principle of God in the home. I'm not saying that you preach to them. You just talk natural about the principle of God. What you do, and anywhere, anytime. You don't need to have a Bible class. Okay, children, come here. We're gonna have a Bible class right now. Sit right now. I'm gonna teach you. No, you can do this all the time. When you sit in front of the TV together, when you sit in the airplane on the way to vacation, you talk about God. You sit in the car. When you swimming in the swimming pool together, you talk about God's word. Anywhere you talk about God, in the natural way, not in the religious way. Amen. You don't have to talk to your children like this. Amen. Children, God says this. That is religious. You just talk normally. Amen. Two days ago, I was talking to Paul. Paul, you get some income from your job. I know not a lot, but have you paid tithe? Have you set aside ten percent to give to God? And Paul said, "Yes, I do." So I remind Paul, give ten percent to God. I don't open. Malachi chapter three verse ten. I just talked to him. You know, ten percent belong to God. Dad, give ten percent to God. You give ten percent to God. We talk naturally. Amen. Amen. When there is conflict in the church, and sometimes my children come and say, you know, uh, that really bother us, and we will say, you know, God said, love one another, just forgive and love the members in the church. We talk the Bible. We encourage them to practice the Bible in every opportunity. Sit down, stand up, lie down. We just talking about the word of God. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter six verses eight to nine say, "You shall bind them as a sign on your hand; they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." In other words, the word of God is everywhere. When people walk into our house, they will see that the whole house practices the word of God, and we teach them creatively. Maybe use movie, maybe use some book. We teach them in a creative way, and everywhere we go, our children see the living, walking Bible everywhere. Amen. They see us practice what we learn from the Bible. It's not just on Sunday morning, but All the time, twenty-four-seven, the Bible says, "You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." So the word of God must be very obvious in their eyes in the house. They see it, they hear it, they observe it all the time in the house. Now I'm going to conclude the sermon. Four principles we learn 
encourage our children, nurture our children, discipline our children, teach our children the word of God, instruction. Some of you who sit here may say, "Oh, I should have learned this 20 years ago. My kids have grown up already. Now they are 45 years old. They left my house. They are not there anymore." And they walk away from God because I don't teach them well when they were young. What are I going to do? The Bible says in Psalm chapter 127, verse 4, Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. When the children are with you, you need to mold them, make them straight, make them good arrow. Because one day, they will leave you into the world. Those children will not stay with you forever. They will leave your house. And when they leave, either they are a crooked arrow that get out of the target, or they are a good straight arrow that hit the target that God has for them. I pray that the young parents in this room, you prepare enough to get the straight good arrow that you shoot into the world, and the arrow will hit the target that God has prepared for them. But some of us already make some mistakes. The arrow are crooked. They went out in the wrong way. What should we do? Psalm 147, verse 18. He sends out his word and melts them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters to flow. So thank God for the grace of God. Even though your children have left your home and you did not do a good job when they were young, you did not discipline them, you did not teach them the Bible enough, but you can be on your knees and you can pray that God the Father in heaven will send the wind to blow that arrow back into the target. So God is a good God. If you pray and you pray by faith, you believe God, you repent of your past sin and your past mistake, you begin to live a life of godliness and being good example to your grown-up children, they come back home to visit you and you see, wow, my dad is changed. He is different. The way he treats my mom is different. He become a godly man now. And you keep praying and praying, being a good example. Your children can repent and turn around and the wind of God will blow them and the water of God will push them into the right path. And they will come back to God. There is hope. Amen. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, I will take my responsibilities as fathers in my house. I will follow your footsteps. I obey your commands. I will love you with all my heart and fear you. And I will guide and teach my children to the way of the Lord. I take responsibility. I will be a man after God's own heart. I will protect my children, train my children, discipline my children. I will leave godly legacy to them and bless them. I promise you and I depend on your grace, your wisdom, your power, 
your Holy Spirit to get the job done in this generation. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Give the mighty hand of praise to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this house, for your church, for the brother and sister in this house, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will bless our fellowship, that men will encourage one another, ladies will encourage one another, and we're going to build godly families, godly homes in this house, that America will see the reality of Jesus again. Oh Lord, bless us and use us to be the blessings to this nation and all over the world. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.